0: On August 2017, a white supremacist rally known as Unite the Right was held in Charlottesville, Virginia. The protesters were heard chanting, you will not replace us and Jews will not replace us underscoring the great replacement theory that has been popular among not only white nationalists but increasingly mainstreamed in um, the gop uh, groups of the far right participated in the charlottesville rally in august of 2017 including self-identified members of the alt right neo-nazis neo-fascists nationalists klansmen and numerous right-wing militias. Many of these participants chanted racist and anti-Semitic slogans and carried uh, weapons, Nazi and neo-Nazi symbols, as well as the Confederate battle flags. Unite the Right oppose the proposed removal of the statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee from Charlottesville's former Lee Park, the Charleston shirt church shooting of 2015, where a white supremacist shot and killed nine black church goers. Now on August 12th, uh, self-identified white supremacist James Alex Fields Jr. deliberately rammed his car into a crowd of counter protesters about half a mile away from the rally site, murdering Heather Heyer, a brave anti-racist campaigner who was just 32 years old at the time. The killer also injured 35 other people and fled the scene. He was arrested soon afterwards and was later tried and convicted in Virginia State Court of first degree murder, malicious wounding, and other crimes in 2018 with the jury recommending a sentence of life imprisonment the following year Fields pleaded guilty to 29 federal hate crimes in a plea agreement to avoid the death penalty in this trial and now a a case has been going on in Charlottesville and as I said earlier and you heard in our news headlines a jury Uh, has awarded more than $26 million in damages after finding uh, the white uh, nationalists who organized and participated in the rally liable on a state conspiracy claim and other claims. So let's go to a clip now uh, from CBS uh, summarizing the situation.
1: The jury has reached a partial verdict in the trial of the men who organized the 2017 Unite the Right march in Charlottesville, Virginia, they found the defendant's libel of civil conspiracy for planning the deadly rally. But the jury could not agree on every count. Joining me now for more on this decision is Nicole Skanga. She's a CBS News Homeland Security and justice reporter. Um, Nicole, thanks very much for being with us. So what did the jury find the defendant's libel of?
2: Elaine, good to be with you. Now, two dozen organizers of the Unite to Right rally more than four years ago, uh, including some of notorious white supremacist leaders, including Richard Spencer, Jason Kessler, Christopher Cantwell. Well, they were found to have engaged in conspiracy to intimidate, harass, or harm ahead of that deadly August 2017 weekend. Now, the 11-member jury, as you noted, did not reach a verdict on two federal conspiracy charges, but they managed to find that every defendant here was liable for civil conspiracy. That is under Virginia state law. Now, the jury then went on to award more than $25 million in damages against 12 individuals and five white nationalists and neo-Nazi groups to the nine plaintiffs listed in this case here. And now nearly half of that money is owed by James Fields Jr., you might recall. uh, He is serving time behind bars, serving life behind bars, after he plowed his car through a group of counter-protesters, killing 32-year-old Heather Heyer and injuring scores of others. Uh, The jury found that all of the defendants here, again, engaging in conspiracy to harm, harass or intimidate. And five, beyond that, five defendants here also found liable for engaging in racial, religious, or ethnic harassment or violence among the defendants are some long-standing hate groups, including League of the South and Vanguard. They all owe one million dollars apiece. Elaine
1: and Nicole, what exactly were the two counts they could not come to an agreement on?
2: Yeah, those were uh, federal conspiracy charges. Um, And if the goal here was to bankrupt the defendants, well, certainly the attorneys for uh, the plaintiffs did just that. But the heart of this case really did center on those federal statutes, um, counts one and two. Uh, The law itself, the statute itself, known uh, colloquially as the Ku Klux Klan Act, dated back to 1871 in the Reconstruction era, And it was designed at the time to protect African Americans in the South, but it was unearthed for this civil case um, to try to prove under federal law that the defendants here uh, conspired, entered into a conspiracy to commit racially motivated violence. Uh, You know, for the plaintiffs, unfortunately, uh, they did not reach a verdict. The defendants, of course, celebrating this fact. And in the note to Judge Norman K. Moon, the federal judge here, Uh, the jury saying that they were deadlocked on these counts, that they did not believe that they were going to uh, reach a verdict on those two here. Uh, We got sort of a a preview of that yesterday when they had sent a question to the judge asking, well, what happens if we can't all unanimously agree on all of the counts? So this being a a partial verdict that was reached.
0: All righty. And uh, just to show you how uh, deep this organizing uh, went for this particular rally, among the far right groups engaged in organizing the march were the Stormer book clubs of the neo-Nazi news website, The Daily Stormer. The Right Stuff, the National Policy Institute, and four groups that formed the Nationalist Front, the Neo-Confederate League of the South and Identity Dixie, the other neo-Nazi groups, Traditionalist Worker Party, Vanguard America, and the National Socialist Movements. Other groups involved in the rally were, well, the KKK, the Ku Klux Klan, specifically the Loyal White Knights and Confederate White Knights branches, the Fraternal Order of Alt Knights, the neo-Nazi white supremacist group Identity Europa, which has since rebranded as the American Identity Movement, the Southern California-based Fight Club Rise Above Movement, the American Guard, the Detroit Right Wings, who were condemned by the Detroit Red Wings, NHL team leader for the use of their team's logo, True uh, Cascadia, the Canada based uh, alt right Montreal, and Hammer Brothers and anti communist action. They were among the likely were others. Those are the ones uh, that we know of. Uh, what I'd like to do now is to welcome uh, Susan Bro, who has been through so much. She is the mother of Heather Heyer, the young woman who lost her life on August 12th, uh, 2017, when a car plowed into a crowd of counter demonstrators. Um, Following the tragic incident, Susan Bro went on to establish the Heather Heyer Foundation, which was created to honor Heather's legacy of promoting equal rights for all people. The foundation has established a scholarship program to provide financial assistance to individuals passionate about positive social change. Susan Bro, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Ms.
1: Prescott. It's an honor to be here. It's an
0: honor to be here. Yes. And, uh, Susan, I have to ask you, um, uh, you know, I'm a mom, and I can't imagine the difficulty, how hard it has been for you over these past years, but also with the the trial uh, going on, how are you doing? How are you holding up with all of this? I
1: have... (laughs) <laughs> like anyone who's lost a loved one, I have good days and I have bad days. And um, I do find that doing work that um, honors her memory helps. It, it um, if, if I can at least make some sort of purpose come out of this horrible um, mess, then that's good. And uh, we were not party to the trial. I want to make that clear. But we did strongly support um, Integrity for America's case. Um, I was particularly pleased with how they used to the defendant's own words against them. This was not a speculation trial or a try to find a cause and effect. It's using actual communications and emails and chat rooms and um, depositions. From the defendants themselves, their own words is what convicted them.
0: Right. And do you uh, feel, I know the the man who is responsible for killing your daughter and injuring so many, uh, he lost his appeal. And he, so there is you know, when you lose a child or use a a loved one and people say, well, uh, do you feel that you now have a sense of peace or justice? I, I don't know that that ever really happens. It's just like a hole in your heart, as you were just describing, that just doesn't go away. It's just something you have to uh, you have to live with. But how that being said, how important do you think um this case was, the fact that Integrity for America did bring forward this case, and that there were damages, uh, financial damages, awarded to the to the organizers, although the um the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871, the federal charges, uh there they couldn't come to agreement on nevertheless um, how important and what impact do you think the result of this trial could possibly have Uh,
1: i think that it was important for people to fully understand um, the amount of planning and the um, broad range of planning that went into this rally this was not a few individuals who gathered up a few other individuals. This was a very carefully orchestrated event, um, and they intended it to be their launching point into tremendous growth. Um, I know a lot of people left the movement after the murder of my daughter. I know that... um, A lot of people tried to distance themselves as rapidly as they could from the violence of the event after the event. But I think it was still important for people to have in documented court record um, the defendant's own words convicting them and uh, showing everything that had happened. I learned a lot. I know uh, about Mr. Field's um, involvement in this as well. And um, as as for the bankrupting them, I think that that's important because it sends a message. Um, Emmett Till's mother chose to do the same thing uh, with the KKK in... Um, And in working with Southern Poverty Law Center previously, and I think this is a similar thing, that it's important to bankrupt the groups to help others to understand that when you choose to put your hate speech into action, or when others are motivated to put that hate speech into action, there are consequences. There are serious consequences Um. I'm thinking that they may try to retry the federal charges. I don't know for sure. I've heard rumors. I haven't actually talked to Integrity for America about that. That's speculation on my part.
0: Yeah, I did I did hear um news reports that they do intend to go back and and try on those first two counts um clearly uh taking into consideration that this uh law The Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871 is also uh, being used, um, given what happened on January 6th in Washington, D.C., by some lawmakers and some others to try to hold uh, people to account. And there are others who feel that the federal charges are also important because if uh, you know um, people are worried that a precedent not be established, um, that then could be um, be problematic for people around the country who may be facing this kind of, of violence. I also want to tell our listeners who heard our intro that um, what happened in. Uh, Charlottesville was on the heels of the uh, charleston church shooting of of two thousand and fifteen I mean it happened a, a couple of years later, so it was um, very very raw but uh Susan bro, before you go i I, I just want you to uh, tell our listeners a bit about your daughter um, because she has now she 's now a symbol. Not only in the United States, but around the world, and it is people are also noting that with all of the the protests going on after the killing of George Floyd, the ongoing protests of uh, the killing of uh, black people uh, by the police, this and this um, awful event uh, that happened in Charlottesville. That the people who were uh, killed on the other side of that were um, white, including your daughter, and then the uh, two two men who were killed uh, in Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin. Uh, so... It, it, you know, that itself needs to be noted because the anti racist movement is indeed a multiracial movement. But tell us a bit about your daughter and about the Heather Heyer Foundation. And I also want to, by the way, thank our listeners who, uh, who have helped and I hope continue to help uh, to support uh, the foundation. But uh, tell us, uh, Susan Bro, about your daughter and about the foundation. Thank you, Ms. Prescott, and Ms. Prescott.
1: thank you for being uh, one of our early supporters. I know you had me on a few years as well to talk about this. Um, Heather was a normal 32-year-old woman. She was a little on the feisty side, and uh, I loved her for it. She was strong and independent, and, um, yes, yeah, she was somewhat private. She would be mortified that her name was now a, a simple anywhere, but... Um, She was walking with the young women that she worked with in her office that day in support of Black Lives Matter. They stayed far away from the violence all day. The um, rally had been called off by the governor, and they were uh, part of a large crowd who had stayed on the opposite side of the downtown mall And um, as they were walking back up to the downtown mall, a pedestrian mall to celebrate, that's when he drove his car into the crowd. Um, and her aorta uh, was ruptured in her abdomen in four places uh, from the brunt um, impact of the car and she bled out and probably died before she even hit the street. Um, and. I strongly discourage people from putting her on a pedestal because when we try to put people on a pedestal, we excuse ourselves from being capable of doing what they did. And if you think about it, all she did that day was march in support of something that she believed in to um, show people that she cared about that issue. So that's something that any of us can do. We can all do the small things and we don't know what our impact will be when we do those things. Uh, the Heather Hire foundation, you can learn more about how we were formed at our website, uh, com. And, um, we can, um, hold on. Another call is trying to come in I'll have to decline it. Um, uh, we we can uh, learn how to uh, support uh, other people as they are already actively pursuing positive change. Uh, to date, we've given out about $30,000 in scholarships. We're giving out another 10000 in scholarships this year. this year. If you go to our website, you can learn uh, is who can artist. get those scholarships. Get those Several scholarships. of them are local, Some but we do local, have two offered to uh, other high schools around the country, as well as two to adults who are also in college or a certification program. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's through great support of people like your listeners who have uh, allowed us to do these great scholarship offerings over the years.
0: And I really encourage we are going to post the link again uh, to the Heather Heyer Foundation on our website and really encourage our listeners to go there, go uh, to the website and really see what they they can do. And uh, Susan Broby, know that you're up to your eyeballs. You're very busy. A lot of people wanting uh, to talk to you, given um, Charlottesville being back in the news with this case. So we know that you have to dash, but We really appreciate you taking the time uh, to be with us and to be such, uh, Susan Bro, such an example um, for uh, turning your grief and your suffering into something that's positive change with establishing the foundation and uplifting uh, the memory of your daughter. We really appreciate you. We appreciate your work and our hearts continue to go out to you. Thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Miss Prescott. All righty. Aye, aye, aye. This is Margaret Prescott, host of Sojourner Truth. Always uh, so difficult uh, talking to these family members who have uh, lost their loved ones in this case, uh, have a higher, um, you know, run over basically and killed by a car. She was out um, in a protest supporting Black Lives Matter. And of course, the movement for uh, Black Lives Matter um, out you know, enforce over so many years uh, protesting the loss of life of black and brown people killed uh, by police or by vigilantes. So we are also keeping our eye on the Ahmand-Aubrey uh, trial, the jury, they are still in deliberations. We don't know. when that verdict will come. And of course, that is the case of the, um, the white man who basically followed him he was jogging while black and they followed him and they killed him in a way that is so reminiscent of just the history of uh vigilante uh vigilantism in the United States and harking back uh, to Trayvon Martin. But also, uh, I saw an article recently I was glad to see about the sundown towns, the history of sundown towns in the United States. If you're a a black person, you know what that is. It means if you're in a certain area, a certain town, you get out by Sundown, And by the way, it wasn't only small towns in the South. I recall there were places when I lived in Brooklyn, New York, there was a section of Brooklyn um, that Black people knew you had to get out by sundown. So quite a legacy here.